Hi, I'm Hal Price, longtime advocate for post-acute patient care services. And on behalf of Arch Healthcare, America's leader in innovative diabetes-related foot care, I'm very pleased to bring you our first podcast about the prevention of unnecessary lower extremity amputations. And as it happens, the day that we're recording this is Leap Day. That's right, Leap, Lower Extremity Amputation Prevention. So we're going to have a great leap into this conversation. Diabetes affects 11.6% of all Americans, affecting men and women equally. For people over 65, this number actually approaches 25%. So think about that. One in four seniors, almost 14 million people, are grandparents, parents, aunts, and uncles. Devastating as these facts are, the good news is that there are successful evidence-based solutions to prevent four out of five lower extremity amputations and significantly reduce hospitalizations in the senior living communities. With Arch Healthcare leading the charge, their purpose-driven solutions help strengthen organizations, build patient engagement, and most importantly, reduce the human and financial costs of diabetic foot care. Today, I have with me two distinguished guests, Dr. Robert Freikberg, Medical Director of DM Prevent Diabetic Food and Wound Centers. Dr. Freikberg's research and writing have included all facets of lower extremity disorders with a focus on diabetic foot ulcers, wounds, and infections. Also today, Dr. Janine McGuire, President of the Post-Acute Wound and Skin Integrity Council, POSIC. Dr. McGuire is a certified wound specialist in the post-acute care environment and consults for Seeking Whole LLC. So, got several questions for us today, and I'm going to start out with, with uh, maybe the most, the most uh, obvious one after hearing those statistics. We have an increasing number of people with diabetes. It, it appears, in a sense, it's a tsunami that, that we are about to, to be uh, taken over by. Why aren't we hearing more people talk about these issues? Uh, Dr. Freikbert, we'll start with you. Thank you, Hal, and uh, thank you for uh, having me here, and uh, good day to you and, and both Janine. So uh, I think the problem is here to stay. We're going to have a tsunami of people with lower extremity and, and other diabetes-related complications, and we have to pay attention uh, to this. And I, I think Healthcare providers are are accustomed to uh, knowing and learning more about diabetes-related complications, but it's amazing to me how many diabetic patients are not really educated well enough to fully understand the implications of their disease, and more especially, the implications of, of not taking care of their uh, diabetes and their uh, blood glucose levels or neglect, you know, and, and that seems to be the problem. Patients have to be aware of the overall implications of diabetes so that they can fully uh, address their diabetes care, keep their blood glucose under control, and thereby over the long term prevent complications. 
and making people aware of how they have to manage their own diabetes to prevent further problems. Hi, Robert. Fantastic points, and I couldn't agree more. Let me just start out by saying thank you for having me on. I'm happy to be here with you all. I'm happy to be here and have this conversation with you, Robert. Uh, I am Jenny McGuire, and I want to add in, I'm a physical therapist by background. So I do look at this through a particular lens that might be a little bit different. And everything you said, Robert, I completely agree with. You know, I'll start with the last thing I think you were talking about around blood sugar management and education for management and glycemic control. One of the issues that I think we have right now is despite the staggering number of the uptick of diabetic foot ulcers and diabetes and amputation rates, in this country, we're spending $73 billion directly for diabetic foot ulcers and $90 billion indirectly. And that expense increases anywhere from 50% to 200% if those ulcers are found at a later stage. And what many people don't realize is younger people in midlife find these ulcers at a much more severe stage, experience more infection, hospitalization, and limb loss. And that doesn't even include lost productivity and lost unemployment or lost employment. So the question is, why aren't we talking about this? I think to your point, Robert, the education, a lot of us don't know what we don't know. And I'm not just talking about individuals that are not in healthcare. I'm also talking about our, our whole care team. So wound care, education, for the medical team, providers, therapists, nurses, and dietitians, it's not where it needs to be yet to address this tsunami of an issue with diabetes and all other chronic wounds. So that's a major issue. And the last two things I'll say is most people don't realize the impact of all chronic disease management with diabetes and how that really increases the diabetic foot ulceration and increases the risk of amputation. And then the last thing I'll say from a PT perspective is Lack of exercise, lack of looking at our feet, lack of proper shoes. And with diabetes, you lose that sensation, that motor sensation, the protective sensation, and basically you can't feel this ulcer forming. And oftentimes these people also have retinopathy, so they can't see it. So we're trying to make a case for education for a wound that somebody can't see and can't feel. So I think those are some of the big issues around why aren't we talking about it? Do you want to add anything you know, to that, Robert? Yeah, yeah. I can always add things. We've been focusing on advanced wound care products, how to manage ulcers, you know, uh, in addition to good standard of care, which is always important. Um, but we're not focusing on prevention. And there's no HEDIS measure for diabetic foot ulcer prevention, which we really are calling for a specific measure so that everybody is examining every diabetic patient every year, looking for peripheral arterial disease, looking for uh, early signs of neuropathy, um, so that we uh, and other complications of diabetes. I mean, Charcot foot is, is when you have well-established um, uh, neuropathy and diabetes, but we need to catch things early. Because you also address the cost, the increasing cost. Now, a diabetic foot ulcer, I'm going way back, you know, can cost maybe $25,000, $40,000 uh, for care, including all the new advanced products. But once you 
have a serious problem that requires hospitalization and surgery, the costs go up exponentially. Hence the importance of us trying to prevent these problems at their onset or prevent them primarily before they ever occur. And that's only going to become by adequate screening of all of our patients, looking for neuropathy in its earliest presentation, looking for peripheral arterial disease in its earliest presentation, looking for dry skin, which can also be a sign for autonomic neuropathy and loss of of sweating or anhydrosis, as you know. So there's so many things here that we need to do that can help address the future problems that are going to overwhelm this nation uh, because of the complications that are going to come down the road. And whenever there's an incidence of lack of care, we're going to see huge problems result. So, yeah. so um, it, it's so critical. And, I, and you, you're in the nursing home environment far more than me. So you must see similar problems, people coming in from the community who have had longstanding skin problems ulcer wound problems that are just not adequately addressed or they haven't been addressed for a long time. And then the patients for the first time end up in the hospital or subsequent rehab center for a problem that should have been picked up long ago and addressed long ago through appropriate care and, and detection of underlying risk factors. So it's very frustrating for those of us who have been invested in this discipline, if you will, for other people not to see the importance of detecting these problems at their earliest onset and doing the appropriate interventions. But I, I couldn't agree with that point more. And yes, in post-acute care, you do see a lot of skin and wound conditions and ulcers where people are coming to us from the community or other settings and they haven't been properly screened or cared for, their nails aren't cared for, their shoes are not appropriate for somebody with a neuropathic limb. So there's a lot of issues that have gone unaddressed. And sometimes at that point, it's almost too late. But the same thing for the younger population. I think some people see a wound and they think about the wounds that you get when you're a kid, that it's yeah. not a big deal. You know, you go to the pharmacy, right. you get a Band-Aid and all everything's fine. They don't understand that that ulcer, particularly a diabetic foot ulcer, is not only limb-threatening, it's life-threatening, and sometimes within a year. So That's this really is an urgent need. But I, I think also we see things through a very different lens. As a wound specialist, you as a podiatrist, you know, we both have this area of specialty. I have taught classes for the last 20 years for post-acute care professionals, nurses, providers, therapists, and so on. I had one class where I was showing pictures of diabetic neuropathic ulcers, and one of the nurses said, well, that's how I had my diagnosis of diabetes. So what do you mean? She said, well, I had that wound. I didn't know what it was. And I finally went to the doctors and I had an A1C and had the workup and realized that I had advanced diabetes. So this is somebody in healthcare, educated, learning about skin and didn't, didn't, wasn't alarmed with a wound on her foot. So I think the problem is, you know, within our healthcare system and our education for our team as well. Well, I want to thank both of you for doing such a great job of really laying out the the issue, de detailing uh, what we're up against here. We've only got a few minutes left. And again, this is the first in a series of podcasts that we'll be making available. 
Uh, but there's been a lot of discussion identifying why we have the problem. What's behind the increase in this? And in general, things that could be done. But we have a large number of people in our listening audience that are, are uh, working within the senior care community, specifically within skilled nursing facilities. So I, I'd really like to hear each of you give a few comments on for those of us that are owners and operators and caregivers within our skilled nursing facilities today, what are two or three things that we could immediately begin to do to try to address the identification of and treatment of these patients? Go ahead, Janine. You have that greater experience than I do in the, in the post-acute setting. All right, I, uh, I'll kick this answer off with sort of the overarching how to address the people with the issue. And then Robert, maybe you can talk about how to address the foot exactly with the issue. So from my perspective, the first thing you can do is you need to have a certified wound specialist available to you to help drive this education with the entire team. You need to pull in the entire team to have success with prevention and treatment it is a multidisciplinary approach that looks at the person as a whole, from nutrition to mobility, chronic disease management, medication, and so on. You need your podiatrist involved on your team as well. You need to have good skin care, glucose management, and also when you're looking at skin care, I would recommend CARS. That's the Coalition of At-Risk Skin. So they have guidelines, full disclosure, I'm on CARS, but those are the first set of guidelines that actually address skin health. So what do you do for the dry cracked fissures of the skin and so on? And then lastly, uh, just a shameless pitch here for, for PAWSIC as well. So the Post-Acute Wound and Skin Integrity Council is an interdisciplinary team that takes on all different wound types. So my point is reach out to the experts there are guidelines that are readily available now. We can make a difference, but we really do have to work together and raise the bar for education for the entire care team. How about you, Robert? Well, you know, I, I, I think that skin at risk consensus uh, document that you you referenced, the, the, was it the CARS uh, consensus the car. coalition for at risk skin is really, was really very insightful. So, uh, when we talk about what can we do, it's really focusing again on prevention protocols, on adequate screening. And as you've seen, uh, and, and again, you know better than I, when a patient is admitted to a senior living center, they get a complete skin evaluation, right? They need to check for pressure points, for inf inflamed areas with uh, temperature assessment. They need to check for dry skin because what do we know about dry skin? It's a risk factor for fissuring. It's a, a risk factor for ulceration, for prevention, uh, or for pressure injuries. It's also a sign of autonomic neuropathy. So again, it always comes back to thinking in advance. Look for the problems, and the problems are going to be there. But you're you've got to identify them early. And you know we've all seen patients who've come in way too late, and when they come in way too late, then the consequences are much worse. The costs go up, but the cost of the patient goes up because then they end up with surgery when they might have had an initial problem that was easily managed at the bedside or at the chair side or at at their home. 
So again, we need to focus on prevention. We need to focus on screening and detecting dry skin, detecting neuropathy, detecting high pressure points, preventing pressure by instituting proper offloading. You know, you're a physical therapist involved in wound care. You know all the same things that I do in this regard. How many people are just sitting in bed, uh, even in an ICU, and they're not getting their heels protected, and they leave the ICU, and they go to a rehab center with necrotic heel wounds? It's because somebody somebody didn't focus on the prevention. So I think I've made my point on there, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I was thinking as as you were speaking, I'm, I'm jotting down notes and you know recommendations to all of our listeners every single day, particularly if you're in post acute care, but if you're in home health as well, you know every day check the shoes, wear the shoes offload the heels when appropriate, do skincare every day. So that's the appropriate creams on your feet, on your legs, everywhere but between your toes, making sure you get your nails managed and managing that blood glucose. That's the daily, but the annual or even twice a year for people at high risk, there's a whole sets of guidelines for this. So Robert, tell me what I'm missing, but we can do temperature checks for hot spots. Neuropathy evaluation, whether it's autonomic neuropathy and motor and sensory mobility checks of the feet, the ankle, your gait, and also checking for arterial insufficiency. So those are the biggies that the team would do or the podiatrist, the PT, maybe with the provider. But every day, those other pieces, that's the nurse, maybe the therapist, maybe the CNA, maybe family members, maybe the patient themselves. So, Robert, what am I missing in those lists? You're, you're not missing anything. Uh, but I, I have to say, everything that you've said, everything we've said, had been well documented for well over a decade or two decades in international guidelines. Yeah. And every year in January, the American Diabetes Association publishes standards of medical care, including foot care. And everything you said, looking for neuropathy, looking for deformity, looking for peripheral arterial disease, looking for potential problems are all in these guidelines. The International Working Group has just published their 2023 update talking about all of these problems. So I, I guess the tragedy is that I, I think maybe the majority of healthcare people, uh, professionals, who are not focused on lower extremity, skin care, diabetic foot problems as we are, are not attuned to these guidelines that have been present for ages and you know, years and years and years. Nothing that we are saying is anything new. It's all been in the literature. Gosh, I, I can remember uh, in my participating in my first consensus conference in 1999 in Boston for the ADA. We were talking about exactly the same things that we're talking about now. Early intervention, looking for neuropathy early on, looking for dry skin, looking for deformities, looking for peripheral arterial disease, everything that you said. It's just that we as professionals and all professionals have to recognize the impending problems and catch them at their earliest onset. And that's why I keep focusing on the need for adequate screening and prevention. You know, we can have another podcast on management of these problems down the road, but that's that's 
going after the, after the horse, after it's already left the barn. We have to focus on prevention if we are going to prevent further rather severe and costly problems to society as well as to the patients themselves. We know that dry skin is a risk factor for fissuring. What can happen with a fissure in the presence of peripheral arterial disease? Well, they can get infected. And that can be the, the first step towards an amputation, which should have been prevented. So we need to be focusing on these problems much more than we have in the past. And that's why I say it's so important for us to be focusing on prevention efforts now. It's time. Uh, and we need to do more studies in this regard so that we can really see these are the benefits of prevention. And perhaps maybe the insurers will start really paying for good uh, screening programs and prevention protocols. Yeah, that's great. And I'll just leave with one final tip for anybody in the senior living. If you're in, say, assisted living or skilled nursing, long-term care, one thing that I've seen some nursing homes do is they'll set up sort of a, a foot clinic or call it pedicure, pedicure day and have the podiatrist there, the therapist, the nurse, and actually have all the patients come through to get skin care, nail care, foot screening, uh, to get everything assessed, and also to get them into a pair of diabetic shoes uh, so they can continue to ambulate and have those pressures redistributed. So that's sort of a fun tip that's perfectly doable in that setting and can literally save legs. And we also know patients who have a heel diabetic foot ulcer According to one paper in 2017, 40% risk of recurrence within one year. 40%. Yeah, because that recidivism is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I know we have to wrap this up. And I, I just want to summarize what you said. The solutions are all out there. And we know we have to work together as a team. And, and I know for a fact that Arch has elite protocol. That's another great way that uh, you know groups can use and institute that that for prevention and management. So the solutions are there, but it's really time we start having these conversations around diabetes and diabetic foot ulcers. Well, yes. I, would, I would like to thank uh, both Dr. Frankberg and Dr. McGuire for doing an excellent job of really laying out the issue for our audience, helping us to understand the nature of the problem, the extent of the problem, but most importantly, that there is a solution or are solutions that can be put into place, both to go and prevent this from occurring and to address people who are in early stages. We can do things. We can be proactive. And on our next podcast, we will be talking about very specific approaches, protocols, and available tools and screening measures that can be used to go and help bring this under control. So again, uh, thanks for participating today, and thanks to our listening audience, and we will be talking to you again soon. Good day.